Mexican party happening. So, did you start already? What did you say? There's a Mexican party. You can hear it. Why do you have to describe the party like that? Why do you have to to say it's a Mexican party? Because. Did you go to Phil's Coffee before you came here? I know. Is that why you're late? I should have brought you one, but I didn't. I've been there. You don't like Phil's? It was a little pretentious for my taste. Pretentious? (laughs) Yes. It gets way more pretentious than Phil's. No, because the way you order it. It did not. It did not please me in that way. Mm. Wait, don't they only have? They only have hot drinks, right? No, they have. They have a cold. By a cold. the way they explained it to me, there was something I want. I wanted something cold. Yeah, but they're like, oh, that that's only a hot drink. Right. They only have one cold <laughs> option. Okay. I think it's called ether. That's the name of the drink. I think. Why? I don't know. Why is it called? <laughs> well, no, because they have like ten different drinks, but they're all coffee. It's okay. all it's all just yeah. And the way they like, I remember the person who like made the drink and they, the way they were like stirring it. I hated that. Yeah, it's very. Uh, it's a it's a weird. Um, it's like ultra third wave coffee because it's like ten different varieties of just drip coffee. What is third wave coffee? It's like third wave feminism. <laughs> You're already going there with me? Yeah. First of all, we're artisanal, in the fourth wave. Artisanal. <laughs> we're in the fourth wave of feminism right now. Right. Yeah. What's the fourth wave? What's the fourth Can wave? Can you define the four waves for you me? Know, I, you know, I've taken a liberty upon myself to start. I actually started writing an anonymous feminist manifesto Ooh. that I plan on publishing somewhere. Okay. Uh, but I think that the fourth wave is defined by a few different characteristics. So... First of all, I think the main component of fourth wave feminism is that women are just fed the fuck up, you know? But hasn't that been the component of all no. waves of feminism? No, I don't think so. What, can, <laughs> can you t- describe the waves? Can you say, like, first wave is blank, second wave well, is blank? Well, isn't the first wave the the suffrage movement? I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like the first... I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what it is. So for, hold on a second. Let me make sure. I feel like the first wave of feminism was actually the temperance movement. No. Okay. So it says first wave feminism. We, we fact check on this podcast, <laughs> unlike other podcasts that I've listened to. That first of all, I didn't even introduce you. Okay. Right, I just... I had a plan of immediately attacking you when you walked in here. Oh, okay. For a few things. Number right, one, let's hear it. Tardiness. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm late. <laughs> Wait. So, Are you? Sh- yeah. Okay. I am sorry. I'm late. That and was... then I was just going to attack your general character. But... Oh, okay. Let's do and... that. Let's do that. Well, no, because you always. I feel like you just you have a problem with me. 
No, not at you all. Don't? You don't have a problem with you. You don't have a problem. No. Okay. Not in the First, least. I still haven't introduced you. Nobody knows okay. who the fuck you are. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter though, because you're. Doesn't matter. <laughs> this. Doesn't all really you need matter. to know, folks, is that this is a man who came in here ready to fight. Okay. No. <laughs> with his pretentious cup of coffee. Phil's is not really that pretentious, but okay, it's pretty basic actually. Which location did you go to? Downtown, right by my house. You live downtown? Yeah, no more Long Beach, now downtown. Yeah, I know you moved back to LA. See, I don't know if I could ever live downtown. I still haven't introduced you. Yeah. Anyway, this is Isaac Simpson. He is co-host of an infamous podcast, which we have discussed many times on my podcast called Not a Huge Fan. Yep. Hello, everyone. (laughs) So he has been the centerpiece of some of the controversy. Well, he thinks they're controversies. I think they're just like, who cares? You had the most interesting... Heather, whenever I hear Mm. your podcast, and I've listened to your podcast, and I also... Yeah. Oh, Oh, wow. And I've heard you... um, (laughs) Charles has communicated some of your critiques of me before. They're always so different than anything I've ever heard before. Really? So I appreciate them. Yeah, one time on your podcast, you said that I was um, like somebody who would just say whatever to anybody <laughs> to make them happy. And I found, that just so, yeah, I found that just so interesting because I've never heard that in my entire well, life. Well, I think you like you. Um, okay, so what I what I know a little, we're going to talk a little about your, first of all, I want to know what the fuck happened to you to make you this way. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. And my understanding is you grew up in a family of like liberal intellectual Jewish professors. Is that what? That's arguably true. My mom is a liberal, intellectual Jewish professor. What does she teach? Theater. Okay. And my father, it was also a professor, but he was he was more of like a adjunct teacher, you know, okay. like not like a hardcore professor. And he taught sure. Italian, and he's not Jewish. He's like Wasp. Did they teach at the same place? They taught Northwestern, yeah, growing up. Oh, Northwestern. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Our yeah. listeners know what that means. Do they? Yeah, it's a very every, everybody oh, knows thought, Northwestern okay. is a wait. Your mom must be like very respected if she teaches theater at Northwestern. Well, she now teaches at UCSD, but yeah, she is because Northwestern is, is known for for theater. Yeah. For theater, no, she is. She's she's a very. Did she teach anybody person. famous? Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Many, many, many people. David Schwimmer. Um, he took acting lessons. Okay, no, that's, <laughs> that's a David Schwimmer joke. Um, no, he was actually my favorite friend. Really? Yeah. yeah. Is that weird? No, I don't. I never watched Friends, so I don't have any. He favorites. had the most, um, you know, charm about him. I'd say <laughs> the other characters I hated. Yeah, you know, like, he has that way of talking that's like very like charming. Yeah, even charming though Ross talking. is like everybody thinks Ross is like this annoying like nerd, and I guess he was, but the way he played it was just so like charming and fun. Which Ross or. Wait, Ross, Ross. Was, he was Ross. He was the nerd. Oh, like okay. He's a, like a paleontologist. And remember his storyline starts where he's married to a woman who like comes out as a lesbian and leaves him. No. You don't remember any of that? I don't, never watched Friends. You never ever. watched Friends. I you're never too good Friends. for that. I am way too good for Okay, Friends. right. Because you're very pretentious. So you grew up in this family <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with your, your mom being a respected theater professor at North... Wait, so did you live in... Evanston. Oh, Evanston. Okay, which that's a suburb, or yeah. Okay. Um. Gosh, now I'm imagining a very like John Hughesian. uh, Well, right. I mean, that's where it's that's where it's from. (laughs) Except the difference was my school was half black. 
Oh, so I really? went to Evanston Township High School, which was John Hughes Land. Yeah. And then became uh it's half black, half white, and it's really ghetto. In some parts, and some parts are really white. <clears throat> yeah. It's the kind of place where you go where there's mansions with Black Lives Matter like well, in the I, front I feel yard. Like that... And they're white people, it's not black people. Sure. But you know. Yeah. It's hyper liberal, like hyper, yeah. hyper liberal. Well, I grew up in an area where it was like there were maybe like two black people in the entire school. Right. In Colorado, right? Yeah. yeah. Colorado Springs. Very conservative. Very conservative place. Have yeah, you ever been there? Uh, I've been to Denver. I've never been to Colorado Springs. Denver's very different. When were you there though? Recently or like I've years been to ago? A couple times. Just mm. various things. It, and Denver has changed a lot too. Like I remember when I was a kid, Denver was like that was not a safe place to go to. Right. I remember I one time was on a road trip when I was eighteen and stayed in Denver, mm-hmm. and it was like I was shocked at how like seedy yeah, it was. Definitely. It, it, I mean, it used to. There's still parts that are like pretty seedy, and you're like, and you know, you're like, okay, well, I can't go down the street. Like Colfax is a street in Denver where it's notoriously known for like prostitutes right. and like drug activity happening. And now, like you know, parts of it are just like totally like hipster gentrified. There's like a voodoo donuts and right, right, you know right, all right. those sorts of little things down there. Um, so it's very different. But when I was growing, when I when we used to go to Denver, like you know, my parents would take us to like the Denver Zoo or like to the museums up there. Like it would be like roll up your windows and don't oh, like yeah. <laughs> don't look at anybody. Wow. Now it's like totally pretentious. It's like totally changed. Yeah. Um, and the property values are like so insane there that most people can't even afford to live in proper Denver. Now. Right. Um. So that change has been like crazy and i've I've heard the whole thing about denver is that it's tons of like hot rugged men (laughs) there's a lot of attractive men there every time i every time i i'm in the denver airport i'm like damn like men in la are look terrible compare i know i'm hearing this it's like it's like in la it's all the women are hot and in denver it's like the men it's like raining oh yeah i I don't know i don't think anybody in la is good looking i think la has some of the worst looking people in the world. Hmm, interesting. Like people who walk around with plastic surgery and all I think this stuff. Old people who get plastic surgery are they, disgusting. They look so weird. Well, they I look see evil. them all I think the they time. Look like satanic. Because well, I work in Beverly who, Hills. Yeah, me too. And so when I if I go out during lunch and I'm walking around, I'll easily see like a few people who have had like bad plastic yeah. surgery. No, me too. I see them all the time. And yeah. it's like that and it's that plastic surgery look. I almost feel like it's like a badge of wealth there. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I have disgusting plastic <laughs> surgery, and therefore, yeah. I'm like one of the and, one and, of the bourgeois. Yeah, and know? a lot of these people, they start to look like cats of prey. Oh, they Have so you seen do. that? They oh. look like tigers and yeah. lions and stuff. It's it's I don't understand that. I don't either at all. It's like we've I made... Illegal, I feel honestly. like we've made so many advances in medicine, but like plastic surgery seems to be like... <laughs> there's on, still, on some, pause. still like, some kinks yeah. to work out. <laughs> and then now the real problem is people who get fillers, and they just look like totally weird. Like, I saw a guy in Rite Aid the other day who like he definitely had Botox like in his forehead and his face was just like and he was a young guy frozen, like it was just like frozen and he looked so like disgusting. a hawk so he no, wasn't attractive and like, yeah like honestly like I've been really disappointed by the low level of attractive men here like yeah. there's hot guys in the these are the cities with hot guys so like Denver has a lot of hot guys 
Seattle has a lot of hot really? dogs. Seattle. Yeah. A lot of like shaggy like rock climbers. No, I wouldn't say they're like shaggy. I'd say they're more like like guys who like work in breweries and like oh, wear yeah. Mariners yeah, okay. baseball oh, caps and like, like hot. plaid shirts. Like yeah, kind yeah. of lumberjacky, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. Lumberjack chic bro. I, I but they exactly definitely all about. like I mean, I feel like a lot of guys in Seattle are alcoholics. It's hmm. like like I alcoholism seems really prevalent. Well, I feel there. like that's every city besides Besides LA and San Francisco, like what? every every other city drinks so much harder than we do in in well, LA and San Francisco. It's are like hard not to drinking. drink in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's not like a drinking town. Chicago because... people drink twenty four seven, like all day. No, Sunday that makes night. sense. Say, and I feel like every other city people drink way more. Well, because when I was uh, living at, I lived in Colorado Springs after college, and in college I barely drank. I would maybe go out like once a month because I was so busy with school and work. Um, so I went through my party phase after college and everybody was just like, wait, that was the only thing to do is to go to the bar, get wasted, like maybe like play bar poker or darts or whatever. And that's what people did there. And I'm so glad I escaped that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but LA is a hard town to drink in because, well, there's like a couple of reasons. So like, you know, first of all, it's hard to go anywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about because yeah, you relate yeah. here today. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's a pain in the ass to drive anywhere. So by the time you get the idea to go somewhere, it's like already probably too late. Yeah. And then like, you know, the bars are only open till two here, unlike in places like New York where they're open till four. Right. And then, um, I don't know, like the bar culture here is just lacking. Like I've never been to like... There's no like really cool bar in LA no, that I think no I'm like, oh, bar. this yeah, is yeah, like a great I bar I want to go it's to. It's so true. There's no place that you like really want to go. Yeah. Like, and then a lot of the people, when you go to the bars, like they're all like young fucking idiots. I know. Like they actors. They don't do anything. They just stand. It's like there's no vibe at all. It's really. Well, yeah, I think it's that might be a 2018 town. thing. I think yeah. people just have nothing to say. Yeah, they don't do anything, or they don't dance. That's the other thing. LA crowds <laughs> don't dance. Are you are you a big dancer? I am. I love uh, no, you're not. Come I on. do. Really? I love, oh, you're I kidding. I no, wow. Not. Is there going to be dancing at your wedding? Uh, probably. To which I'm probably not invited. To. <laughs> I'm if <laughs> oh, I'm going to come it. as Charles's date. Oh, there you yeah. Go. What do you think about that? Well, now we're not giving Charles a plus one. I already. <laughs> That's so mean. I am a great guest to a party of any type. I'm sure. Okay, so so you when did you become a snob? Okay, a snob. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, what does that mean? You have this air about you. A snob air. Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay. Do do you think that? In some ways, a lot of your personality was formed in rebellion of yeah, your parents. Uh, totally. I mean, aren't all of our personalities formed in rebellion of our parents? <sighs> no, I still, I'm like, my parents are, uh, well, no, I think a lot like my parents. Like, my parents are like conspiracy theorists. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, neither of them, they both think the moon landing was fake. Ooh, they both watched nice. it on like TV it. live. And wow. they were like, that's fake. <laughs> no, they're very... They're kind of eccentric, and I think I'm pretty eccentric. Yeah, you know, you're you're pretty eccentric. You're not too bad. No, not yeah. not too bad. Yeah, I function in society. You function well. Do they not function? Uh, <laughs> well, my my dad. I haven't seen my dad in like six years oh, or seven okay. years. He lives in Thailand as an expatriate. Oh, nice. That's nice. Cool. That's cool. It's a good life. It's <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I 
whatever. I'm mad at him for basically abandoning my mother. Yeah, right. You know, that's a whole other story. Are your parents still together? No. Nope. What happened there? Um, what happened? I think they... (laughs) How old were you? I was 17. But I mean, they had basically stopped talking from when I was 12. So it was like, (laughs) they had no relationship. So were you in a house where there... What were they like living together but not yeah, talking it to, was to like each other? That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kinda know what that's like. I mean, it wasn't like totally like that, but it was pretty like that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like over the top like that. But yeah, they definitely did not like each other from when I was twelve. Like, it was it was like what evident animosity. Um, I think both of them are just very difficult people in their own way and they just they were so romantic you know they're both like theater people so they they had this sort of really romantic view of love you know and i think they still both have that yeah and i think that love or marriage is like a practical thing ultimately you know Mm. and so that's interesting they didn't have that. that they weren't able to shift from like romance to like here we are, like, you know, in the suburbs, you know, like, building our house together, you know? Like. What you just said is really interesting, because I feel like when I was younger, I used to have this very, like, romantic view of relationships right. and, like, oh, like, I'm going to fall in love and all this stuff. And I've had so many, like, terrible breakups now that I'm, like, uh, like, the next, <laughs> because every time, like, a guy comes on to me now, I'm, like, okay, what can you offer me? Like, <laughs> like what, is, what is this exchange here? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to, like, start asking. Asking guys to like, okay, like, so can you text me screenshots of your W twos for the last five years? Because I don't know, you know, I'm like, so, I'm so exhausted by yeah the relationships I've had that I'm at the point where it's just like this has to be a practical, a practical thing. Decision. Like, there, yeah. I have to be getting something out of this. Well, and there are some cultures in which marriage has always been a practical thing forever. Well, you know, I mean, like you're the talking whole idea more of about love like, is like it's like secondary. getting a dowry and stuff right. Like I mean, that. It's exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like there's we this whole idea of marrying for love is is pretty. I mean, I think the idea of love has been around forever, but marriage for love is like. Right. You know, I know that's kind there's of a this, I thing. think the mythology around that is like dangerous. Yeah. You know, and I think it puts like you need to be in love with this person forever, like t- well, ten out of ten. I, I it's think like it it's just puts like these ideas into young people's heads and especially young women. Yeah. You know, who think like, Oh, I'm gonna meet this amazing guy and he's gonna treat me so well and you know, he's gonna be my prince and we're gonna have little kids and live happily ever after. Well, guess the fuck what? Like most of these guys are fuck boys and they're gonna like (laughs) you know who knows what's gonna happen you know somebody could cheat on you somebody could like turn around and just you know dump you and say they don't want a relationship and then get a new relationship three weeks later that didn't happen to me no that happened to me um (laughs) (laughs) in my last yeah now i like i i feel now i have almost no ability to like trust a guy right now Hmm. yeah it's kind of upsetting well um, because you just think they've been lying to you for so long? No, I don't think they've been lying. I think, no, I I think it's more about that. I think these people are just fucked up. Yeah. And they don't know it. Well, what and sort then of they like guy... tr- want to drag people down with them. Yeah, and, no, <laughs> you know, I mean, for sure. What kind of guy do, would you like? What do you want? Though? What do I want? Yeah, I want somebody. Want? I, the first word that comes to mind when you said that is reliable. Reliable. You just want a reliable guy. Yeah, because I feel like almost everyone I've ever dated has not been reliable. 
and when I say reliable, I mean somebody who's who listens, somebody who's there for me when I need them, somebody who lends support, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, that is a practical trait, isn't it? Yeah, that is. I think I think that's a that's practical more so than. Yeah, I mean, I used to want to like, you know, when you're growing up and you have like these stupid crushes on people and like, I mean, my idea of the perfect man was, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, but it's pretty obvious from his personal life that he is bad at sex and uh, (laughs) (laughs) he just seems like the, like the laziest person in bed. That's why I've heard that. I've heard, I've literally heard that. You've heard that from women? Well, I, I've heard like the rumor. Isn't the rumor that he puts on headphones? I haven't it's heard that. It's amazing that you telegraph that and it's like true. No, he like puts on headphones and just lays there and doesn't do anything. No way. Yeah. That, uh, that's insane. No, yeah. I've heard he just like puts on headphones. And, like, you but do the when you think it. about it, that kind of makes sense because yeah. he's like, he's been famous for Forever. a long time. Well, and that's what's crazy to me is that he has managed to just never get the bug of like, I need to get married. It's crazy to me. Well, there's, I mean, but I, what? what do you <laughs> mean? because there's just, you know, he probably, have you heard this in psychology that um they talk about this, how the age when somebody becomes famous is the age they stay, they stay mentally yeah, sure. and emotionally yeah. forever. Right. So he's just like a kid forever. Well, so he, well, I mean, I don't know when. When do you would you say he first got famous? When he was really on Growing young. Pains? I don't. I have no idea. Really young though, like twelve or something, or fifteen. You know, nineteen, twenty. No, younger, way younger. No, I think he was on Growing Pains when he was nineteen. Really? Yeah, he was born in nineteen seventy four. I don't know. I think I don't know, but I knew too much I, about him. He's he's impressive. I'm I'm impressed <laughs> that he's never been never fallen for the trap. You know, like he's never falling fallen for the like I need to get married trap at all. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna fuck every girl in no, Los Angeles. No, but to me, what that says is that he's probably really emotionally immature and a Peter. Well, I Pan think that type. makes makes him more emotionally mature because he's not falling for the grass is always greener thing. You know, like he's he knows. Look, I can have sex with any girl I want. That's what every guy in the world wants. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to enjoy it. Like, I'm just going to enjoy being uh, able to fuck I don't every know girl. about that. He did have some long relationships, though, with, um, what's her face? Giselle, the model. And then... Um, did he? He dated her for like six years. Really? Like five or six years. Giselle. Yeah. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah. And then he dated Bar Raphael. Right. But that was just like a flash in the pan. You know? Oh, no. I think they dated for like two years. Yeah, but like dated. I feel like he's never, I don't know. He's like never come publicly, <laughs> that shit. I, I think he was publicly with Giselle a little bit. The funny thing is, he's not even really that good looking. Oh, he looks terrible. I was yeah, just talking about this. Like, if, he, if he wasn't famous, you would not even he, like, in the look 90s, twice him, really. I think he was good looking. But yeah, as a kid, as he he's was. gotten it's older, like it's, it's been like, like man. it's been like, ew, what's going on here? And then also, he doesn't like take care of his body. He doesn't work out. Yeah, he well, he doesn't do the super. I mean, that's what I like about him too, though, is that he doesn't do the super Hollywood workout where he needs to have like rippling everything which is a little creepy well i think he should i think he should look consider that (laughs) no i think that's stupid i think a lot of people honestly in hollywood ruin themselves by getting too in too good shape who like tom cruise right now looks weird he looks weird he's like too weird i I don't know he just looks like oh did you see mission impossible fallout yeah what would you think 
I thought it was a dumb movie, but but I uh, I I I mean I love Tom Cruise, but it's like I feel like he lost his relatableness because he's gotten because of the Scientology. Well, oh no, (laughs) it's no, it's not. It has nothing to do with the way he looks or anything. You just think he's weird. Yeah, but see, like I, God love him. I think he's a great actor. I I've heard nothing but about how professional and positive he is on yeah. a film set and how he takes everything seriously and you know he wants to do his own stunts and all this stuff and he just like loves it and he like loves what no, he right does. he just doesn't let anything but get he's him just down. you know a little he's a little kooky yeah and that's because of you know who scientology yeah I, I don't like saying it too many times you know i get afraid why i you know i did it for two months you did what scientology <laughs> <laughs> oh my god see this is where see what is this you do you have like some sort of wishy-washiness inside of you that leads you to do anything or try anything or say well, anything? as you said i'm a gemini oh boy yeah that that makes me sick <laughs> the fact that you're a gemini gemini as we all know is um the second uh, most deplorable what's the first out, most deplorable i'd say a virgo but oh, now really? i'm like heading more towards maybe virgo is better than gemini why is virgo so deplorable well i Virgos, work with like, everybody in my work is a virgo it's weird it, it was Virgos just are very obsessed with uh justice uh and vengeance and oh right they hold grudges against people they're very um didactic and very judgmental and they're they're just can be unpleasant to be around women hmm. virgos are way better than men i work with like all virgos it's like i, I really? i'm an office full of female that's virgos that's so interesting yeah oh female virgos female well virgos. that's better i like female virgos they're innocent they're like what? They're, yeah they're like sweet <laughs> i feel like they're like sweet no, people no they're manipulative yeah uh, well no yeah, <laughs> definitely manipulative but like manipulative through like sweetness sure yeah like yeah. two of my really good friends at work are female virgos yeah. and they're very but they are they're um what is the word uh they they use certain tactics to like yeah. <laughs> you know the way they treat certain people where do you work right now i work at uh, influencer marketing firm what does that mean? It's, are you it's the person? Very behind, are you one of the people? Okay, so when I go on Instagram, yeah, I'm sure you follow some influencers. <laughs> Why do you think that? Because you must. Everybody, follows, I must. You, everybody follows like who, one or two. Well, who's an? Ex- who, can you name? Do you follow one? anyone who has more than like fifty thousand followers? That isn't just like a celebrity. That's well, like, yeah. So you're right. There's a weird in between between influencer right, and because, celebrity. Right. Exactly. So an influencer. Just define that. Okay, so an influencer is somebody who has anywhere above, like, on Instagram, it would be like 30,000 followers, and that's the absolute low end. Like, our com- my company would never work with anybody, really, who had less than So they have that. to come to you with no, no, that no, no. many? We find that. So an influencer is somebody who has a lot of Instagram followers or YouTube or whatever it is, any whatever platform, mm-hmm. Twitter, and... Generally, an influencer is somebody who has not achieved fame via other means. You, you know, mean by like, having talent, right? Okay. They, or <laughs> no, usually a lot of times they're very talented. They just have never like had a show or been blessed by the establishment in any way. You know what I mean? They've never like uh, had success outside of growing their social media platform. Sure. Or you know who like the biggest influencers are? Like our bread and butter influencers are people who have been on The Bachelor. Are you serious? Yeah, because they have huge followings. They they don't have any like 
Oh Talent. my god. So, so then this is like, basically this is for um this is for plebs. This is for <laughs> this is for, for people plebs. who uh, cuz anybody who like okay, I've watched a few episodes of The Bachelor. Right. It's not for me. Well, okay, not this everyone not is on me. The Bachelor. I'm just trying to give a good example of an no, influencer somebody who's No, but I am somebody thinking of like bachelor. the type of person who would be a fan of The Bachelor well, okay, and here's, like follows no, it closely. Here's a better example. Do you follow any like makeup bloggers or sure, anything like, like that. crispy exactly that's okay. who it is that's a classic influencer okay like somebody like that sure but she shows like makeup tutorials exactly and stuff like that. but that's one of the biggest verticals that's one of the largest groups makeup. of influencers. makeup is huge yeah no people. i could see that yeah that makes sense and that's interesting that's an interesting uh business too because yeah. i remember when i was growing up or in college like makeup like nobody really cared about it and then all of a sudden like maybe when i was in college like sephora got huge yeah and then you know people started like like all these brands got huge again and like makeup sort of became it's like a status symbol among women makeup oh yeah like if you like if the the brand of makeup that you have and all that stuff like if you have do you have this palette you know all that sort of thing like that's like a huge thing yeah among young women is makeup for sure Hmm. you've never thought about that no okay well letting you know makeup's weird (laughs) it's really fucking weird why do you think it's weird because it's just a really strange thing, if you think about it. To, like, change your appearance? Yeah, and, like, plaster paint on your face to, like, make yourself look different. So, it's you don't... So have you ever dated women who look totally different without their makeup? No. <laughs> I've never dated a woman who looks totally different without her makeup. I mean, I think all women look different without their makeup. A little different, you know? but, yeah. like, some women... If you see, like, some of these tutorials and, like people posting before and afters it's like a to- it's like night and day like a totally, totally. different oh, yeah. person no, it's like shocking what most they can influencers, do most influencers are influencers are a certain type of person you Why? know well because they they're somebody who really craves uh, a certain type of attention i think okay and so that attention comes from them presenting themselves in their best possible light mm-hmm. and then when you see them in real life it's like they are really not the person that they... They're so different, their real self, than the person that you see. Sure. You know? Especially Well, because Instagram. you're portraying yeah. a certain image about yourself. Exactly. Wait, did you see Ingrid Goes West? No. You didn't? Oh, my God. You need to see that. You need, I think it portrayed what social media does to people like very well right like it's, it, it's, it's like creepy. creating like new mental illness it really oh it is definitely you know? a mental illness man i mean I, I my days when i check twitter and instagram and my days when i don't i am so much happier when i don't check twitter really and oh so much happier i saw something you retweeted the other day oh god I screenshot it first of all let me just say <laughs> vandal press is not only me that's also uh, there's another guy who runs that oh so did it's you retweet this tweet it says why isn't drake dating a 35 year old strong and independent oh yeah single i did mom? i did retweet that one. of course you did uh <laughs> i thought that was funny because you read you saw about drake going yeah, on the date with the 18 year old and right. you think that's cool or what? i don't think it's cool or uncool <laughs> i'm just saying it's like I mean, now you know. now they're both denying it. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of creepy if he was like waiting for her to turn 18. Don't you think that's weird? No. 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 Well, going back to Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, he was dating a 19 year old. 
you want to bang <gasps> young girls. I mean, that's how it is. Not not Why? not children, and not like that's pedo- pedophilia. Is dis- the funny thing is, like the most natural thing in the world is to want to butt bang like a of age to want to what bang an unage of of age girl, but you don't at all want to bang like a underage girl. You know, like you really don't. Who's- I mean, that's gross if you do. You know. I think a lot of guys are like predatory in that way, though. They're like waiting around, like oh, I just can't wait. Yeah, yeah that's that's kind of creepy. I I see your point on that. My ex is with a young girl now. Really? Yeah. How old? I th- oh well, uh, I think she was twenty three when they started dating, and he was thirty six. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is one of the problems with the the lie of that feminism is. What? If, what the because, fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the lie of feminism. The lie of feminism. The lie of feminism pretends that what men. What is that? The, the feminism, in some ways, uh, pretends that men and women are exactly the same, and they're no, just not. That's they're no, not. That's exactly not the what same. feminism is. I know, I know, I know that feminism is not that, but I'm just saying, like in some ways, Ew, you're you're like him, you're bringing up like a Jordan Peterson theory, kind of, sure. Jordan Peterson, number one book in America. My ex loves Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I'm so glad it didn't work out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like he was like he's like oh my favorite intellectual Jordan oh, Peterson. Yeah, yeah. Like, my one the like, one intellectual ew. I know is Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I think he also knew who Chris Hedges was, and I was like, can you choose that one? <laughs> can you that? Yeah, no, I I honestly am totally over Jordan Peterson, but I appreciate what he has done. I mean, I like I like what he stands for, but I well, I'm also aren't I'm like bored these. By him. These like incel groups kind of like taking on his yeah. message. Totally. It's like so weird. Well, this is what happens, man. You know, this is what happens when society hates masculinity. You know, men are gonna react. <laughs> Do you think that that's true? Absolutely, that's true. How is that possible? Look at everything around you. Look at every commercial, every magazine, every movie. It's all about if you really like dissect it. If you look at it like with the you know uh, they live glasses on. It's denigrating traditional masculinity. It's denigrating like the idea of an out of control man, like warlike man. Like it hates that. It hates. It wants men to be like the most declawed, tranquil, you know, slightly gay. You know, I don't agree with that. I like a very masculine man. Well, this is the thing: is that actually I love men. Did you know that? I did. (laughs) This is the thing: it's like actually people are attracted to often people who are you know they like the poles. They like it to be hyper feminine, hyper masculine. But we're being sold this product that says, oh, none of that matters. It's like everything's just whatever. And that's just not true. It's just not of our nature, you know, for a lot of people. Of course, everybody's different. And some people Hmm. are totally different than that. But I just think it's like there's all this pressure to make it so that there's no masculinity (laughs) and femininity. It's funny because like some of the men I've dated, I wish they were more masculine. Right. And more like... I hear that all the time. Do you know what I mean? What I mean is, is I like... Here's because going back to what I said, I want so I want somebody who's reliable, but I also want somebody who like can take control of a right. situation. Because I found myself in so many dating situations where I'm the person like in control, wearing the pants. And Do all you feel stuff. like you have a masculine energy? Definitely. You think so? Oh yeah. I don't think you're. You don't I, think so? I, I know a lot of girls with masculine energies, and I don't think you I, have one. Well, too people much. find me extremely intimidating. Like I, and especially in comedy, you know, like I had a, I have a comic friend who told me 
you know, he was like, you know, it's bad business for a man in comedy to be mean to you. And I was like, oh. And he was like, well, because you're just the type of, you're a firecracker. Like, you'll talk back and you'll also, like, call people out. I feel like you're just scary because you will say anything. I think. <laughs> you know, like, you're not going to be afraid to say No, I'm, I'm you know? generally not. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really not. But I definitely feel I have some sort of masculine i mean doesn't everybody have yeah, that in does, some way they, there is definitely. like a masculine and feminine, and feminine. influence in everybody i so, think I and think especially so the way our society raises oh you're a boy you're a girl right you know but like that all that doesn't always like hold water like so like if you're like a little girl and they give you like barbies and dolls to play with it doesn't mean you're always like interested in that stuff you know right. and i never was like interested in all, even though I was like, I do have a very like feminine, like girly side to side, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm able to like function in society, like among men, and like right. you know hold my own with them. Yeah, and men don't really scare me. You well, know? that's good. That's good. It's good that men don't scare. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but what were you saying? The lie of feminism. Know. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that feminism. That right <laughs> you know, establishment-sponsored feminism is such a reductive, what do you, monolithic what do you ideology that it just sponsored? it doesn't it fails to take into consideration so many nuances of actual reality that it's it's just repellent to a lot of men like me who are just like this is just bullshit. Like we're just you're selling me something that's not real. You well, know? okay. Well, let's go back to because we initially had started out talking about the different waves of feminism. Right. Oh yeah. We so never yeah, that. fourth wave feminism. Okay. Well, first of all, I pulled up. Okay, so first wave feminism. So this is yeah. So this focus. It says it focused primarily on legal issues and gaining the right to vote. Right. Okay. Which makes complete and total like. Again, I am so for that. It's ridiculous. Like sure. I am not against people having yeah, and they rights. and they cite people like Simone de Beauvoir and Mary Wollstonecraft. So that makes sense. Right. Okay, and then second wave. It says second wave feminism is a period of feminist activity and thought that began in the U.S. in the early 1960s and lasted roughly two decades. It spread across the Western world with the aim to increase equality for women by gaining more than just enfranchisement right to vote issues addressed by the movement including uh included rights regarding domestic issues such as clothing and employment so uh, this is like the bra burning movement right yeah Mm -hmm. in the 1960s women did not tend to seek employment due to their engagement with domestic and household duties which were seen as their primary duty but often left them isolated within the home and estranged from politics economics and lawmaking so this is like the betty friedan era Mm. The feminine mystique, or or what's her name? Uh, Who? Gloria Steinem. I think no, isn't she's third. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I saw her on the subway once. Mm. She stared at me. She knew that I was, you know, a powerful feminist. <laughs> she could she feel, saw me and she, she was just like, the energy. "This girl's gonna bring the next wave <laughs> to the forefront," and she knew it. Okay, and then third wave feminism is an iteration of the feminist movement movement that began in the early 1990s U.S. and continued until the fourth wave began around 2012. Born in the 1960s and 1970s as members of Generation X, 
and grounded in the civil rights advances of the second wave, third wave wave feminists embraced individualism and diversity and sought to redefine what it meant to be feminist. Okay. Yeah. See, now it's starting, like the wheels are starting to fall off. Yeah. It says the third wave, (laughs) the third wave (laughs) is traced. I don't even understand what that means. Listen, the third wave is traced to the emergence of the riot girl feminist punk subculture in Olympia, Washington in the early 1990s. Yeah, this is true. And to Anita Hill's televised testimony in 1991. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Here, here, here's where this comes up. Intersectionality is when this, you know what that yes, is? So that's when intersectionality is. starts emerging. Do you yeah, know okay. who uh, who first wrote on that theory? I'll give you $10. Intersectionality? <laughs> yeah. Who first wrote on it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, would I even know this person? I think she's famous. She's a famous intellectual. You have professors for parents. <laughs> um, uh, time's up. Uh, it? It? <laughs> Kimberly Crenshaw. No, I don't know who that is. Yeah. So, um, okay. And then there is an article here on fourth wave feminism. Okay. It says fourth wave feminism started around 2012 and is associated with the use of social media. According to feminist scholar Prudence Chamberlain, the focus of the fourth wave is justice for women and also opposition to sexual harassment and violence against women. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fourth wave feminism is defined by technology and is characterized particularly by the use of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and blogs such as feministing to challenge mis- misogyny and further gender equality. Issues that fourth wave feminists focus on include street and workplace harassment, campus sexual assault, and rape culture. It makes kind of sense. Kind of. To me. I mean, I, the categorization makes sense. Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, you know, it, my take on feminism is that, like most things, it started out from a place of true desire for justice. Mm-hmm. And it ended up in a place where it has been hijacked by essentially the corporatocracy. And what it do you is, mean the corporatocracy? And it is now used for for their benefit. You what know? Do you, when you say corporatocracy, what do you what do you mean by the that? corporatocracy? Is as Steve Bannon would call it, the party of Davos. Have you heard this? The party of Davos. Did you just say Steve Bannon on my podcast? Uh, yeah. First time his name's. Oof. <laughs> Sorry, I'm about to have a, an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, have you heard "party of Davos" this term? Uh, have you talked about this on your podcast? Yeah. I think so, I've the party of Davos is basically like. The mega conglomerate corporations and institutions that are mm. global, they're global, okay. and they come together at things like Davos, which so is a So multinational companies. Multinational yeah. companies. And they come together at places like Davos to effectively dictate world events, right? Okay. They hate borders. Why do they hate borders? Not because they give a fuck about because immigration. Because of money. They hate borders because they want cheap labor, right. right? And they want to be able to have the lowest possible cost to make their shit so they can make the most money. Sure. And if you look at income inequality that's higher than it's ever been in the world, it's clear that these people are in control of the world because they're just exploiting everything for their absolute benefit. And if you look at Trump, if you look at Brexit, if you look at all these other movements, they are a response to that group, that party of Davos people. And if you read about this group, you can see it. They make deals. Boris Yeltsin, when he was reelected, there was a decision made at Davos to buy him so the election. So I'm reading, I, I pulled something up about this. It says Davos, a posh ski resort nestled in the Swiss Alps. Yeah. 
that well that's they have so this is where so like the what the richest people in the world go there and make decisions well no there is a there's a davos conference okay i think it's every year every few years and uh, oh yeah everybody meets there like the unelected leaders meet with the elected leaders to decide like the world economic forum is that what you're talking about okay yep and, you know, entities like the WTO and WTF, these things are all no borders organizations that effectively make it so that private companies uh-huh. are running world affairs, more or less. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've seen this firsthand. I mean, when I was in Vietnam, the WTF or sorry, WTO, World Trade Organization rules ran everything. Everything that was happening there okay. was WTO, you know. Mm-hmm. So when that group got in control of feminism what they turned it into was how did wait so how did they do that well just through just, corporations well through the media right and through corporations and through pumping this message into our brains 24 7 that's like working is better than marriage working is better than marriage fuck gender roles you know don't worry about gender roles just work just work all the time wow. you know don't don't, don't have your family this. unit <laughs> well think about it so in the 50s and the, right one man's salary could pay for a whole family easily. Okay. Now, when you have double the workforce, what happens? When you used to have just men working and women staying at home, you had to pay the men a lot of money. Now, when you have twice as many people to work for you, you can pay people so, so much less. Is that why you're saying wages are stagnant? Yeah, I'm saying because companies have figured out, oh, if we just tell them that it's like justice for women to work equally to men, we're going to have twice as many people to pay shit money and control. But why would they want to employ more people? Because then they pay, can pay people a lot less money to do the same job, which is exactly what's happening. Okay. And so what I'm saying is when you what see about, this constant push... Does this push, account for inflation? Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like on average... What was no, the, the average salary? Wages for like the low common worker haven't significantly raised Since in 40 years. Since the early years. 80s. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so and for the rich people, it's gone up like bazillions of times. And a big part of that is because now the workforce is twice as big because mm. now they can say, oh, oh, if you're a woman, woman, if you're a housewife, there's something wrong with you. Get in there and just work for me. Well, your whole okay, that life. part I can't deny is that there are just way more people working. And right. I guess that would make sense why I guess we could say it diluted wages. Yeah, totally. Right. And I think that what you see happening is they want to rip apart the family because when you rip apart the family, you have more people that are tied directly into the economic system. And that's more people for you to control. Whereas when you have a family and, oh, you need to go home and, uh, you know, have your baby and uh, you need to tend to your family duties, that takes you out of buying and out of making money. Mm. And that's the system hates that. The system wants you to be buying and working Mm 24-7. And if it can convince women... Oh, you're, uh, you're stupid if you're if you do the old gender role. If you don't work and you just take care of your kids, like there's something wrong with you. If they can convince them of that, then they have all of this more power than they didn't have before. Sure. Um, so that's my work. So thing. does your theory? Does your fiance have a job? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, you have I to now. <laughs> I rest my case. Well, uh, now you've you gotten to the point where you have to. You no, can't yeah, no, it is at the point one. where two people have to. And oh, I yeah. and and you know, I don't want to brag. I am one woman uh, alone in the world without a man or any prospects. And right. I, I live. I manage to live alone. Yeah. Well, I, and again, <laughs> like that's why I think the women. It, the, the good parts about feminism is that. If a woman does want to do these things, she should completely be allowed to. Like, she shouldn't be excluded. Right. But at the same time, she shouldn't be um, 
manipulated into doing it, even though it's kind of against traditional Mm. gender roles, which I don't think are necessarily bad. You know, it's kind of interesting, even though I think my dad like treated my mother horribly and is overall like kind of a bad person. um, I would have to say that he was probably one of my biggest influences in my feminist thinking. Mm. Because he would always tell me when I was younger, you know, he's, he'd be like, Heather, you know, you can do anything you want. And like yeah. he, he taught me kind of like to be assertive and to question authority. Right. He hated authority. Like yeah. any type of like the government companies, like anything he taught me, all of that stuff. Right. And I think that has served me well. You totally. Know? Um, but, but what yeah. if, what if the authority is now, and mm-hmm. I completely agree, but what if the authority what if the authority has changed? And this is something I think a lot of boomers don't realize. Mm. Oh, what he's if the older a- than a baby boomer. Really? Was he? He was born in 1943. Oh, I think that is older than a baby boomer. <laughs> he was born during the war. During the war, right? Yeah. yeah I think baby boomers like 50s. Right. So no, I mean, I think. Um, uh, what if the authority has changed? You know, what if the authority isn't any longer the thing that the boomers were reacting against, which was this traditional gender role shit that they didn't like? What if the authority is now this like crazed corporatocracy that wants nothing more than cheap labor? Like, what if that's the new authority? Well, I mean, to me, it kind of does make sense just because, well, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast before, just like how corporations are just like so fucking shady and they just like exploit people. Like I I talk about Amazon a lot about like, have you read those articles about like people like peeing in water bottles so they don't have to go on bathroom breaks? It's crazy. And and it's, but people are like still like coveting these jobs. It's It's, like so sick. I know it's sickening. Yeah. Because companies like pay people so much less and you know, they offer them so few benefits that people People are just like they're like oh please sir may I have some right, you know it's yeah. like the new Oliver right. and, Twist and you're supposed yeah. to be, and the expectation you're supposed to be is you're supposed to be grateful you're supposed to be yeah. oh I'm working really hard yeah. you know and that's why you see all the ads are all about just strive grind strive you know like work 15 hours a day on your dream but really yeah. you're just making some rich guy fucking rich that's all you're doing no that's true you know and this is the Europeans understand this Americans have never learned this because we have this like we're so far behind in so many ways really. here. like yeah Europeans are like no fuck you. Like, give mm-hmm. me my for 30 vacation days. Well, like, I'm I mean, not doing this. a lot of European countries are modeled on democratic socialism. Right, exactly. You know, and if, and, whereas here yeah. we have this dumb, like... Oh, we know, hate that like, here. Like, we hate democratic yeah, socialism right, no, we here. Do. We have like, oh, you're going to make it if you just grind. Just gr- hashtag grind. Well, it's that whole idea yeah, of the American dream. Yeah. It's just, it's it's like a total lie. Yeah, and know? it's not... I'm not against working hard. I mean, I think working hard is good. And I do yeah. think that you can... If you're one of the select few that makes it... You can go really well, high Well, I think here. you need to have a certain combination of tools. Yeah. You know. Right. But it is. But it, you have to look at it realistically. Like, look at the actors in Hollywood. Half of them, if you look at their backgrounds. Are born into Hollywood. Are, they're not even More Hollywood. than half. <laughs> they're just oligarchs. Like, Army Hammer. Oh, oligarch. oh my God. Yes. Rooney Mara. Kate Mara. Oh, oligarch. Their parents. They just buy yeah, their no, way in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like, if you think, oh, I'm going to move to Hollywood and make it by this hard work on my back it's right. like no no you're no, not no, no. like no, that, is, totally that is a right. fucking lie i don't know like, what you're not going to no it's true most of these actors they're born into long lines of, of family of exactly. wealth yep 
And the Maras, that's a great example. You know, right. like people are like, oh, they're such great actresses. Like, yeah, no, okay, not. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're being so. No, it this. could be. It would be any two sisters whose parents any were two. like, what they're they're like. One side is the founder of the New York Giants. Yeah. The other side is the right. the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers and they're yeah. descended from what, like a steel family? Yeah, Isn't some, that true? Two ultra rich. Something they're classic insane. oligarchs. Classic yeah. Oligarchs. <laughs> yeah. And now the thing, so like, crazy. The, the thing the oligarch girl does now, it used to be like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, come out and like be at the public dances. And now it's like, well, no, they're on be, in movies. Well, like, they that's used what to they be are just now. like socialites right, or socialite, do exactly. like charity right. work and stuff now, like that. Right. But now it's like, I'm a movie star. I'm a movie star <laughs> because my dad just said, put her in the movie and I'm in it. So now everybody has to love yeah, me exactly. as a movie star. Like there is zero. And I, and this is in comedy and in acting. There is no meritocracy. None. You can None. be the greatest actor. It's you can zero. be the most talented comedian. Yeah. You can be the funniest fucking person. Yeah. But there there is truth to that is that the people with the money and the power who already have it are going to be hoisted They're up. Gonna because we also we like even though like we hate what what this is doing to us, we worship money and power so much in this country. It's so sick. We're That's like, weird. you know, and and this leads back to the evil work you're doing in it's influencing. <laughs> I mean, it really is. So it's like it's people like oh my god like look at this shiny diamond shiny. watch yeah. I have and I know. you know I'm jaunting through Rome on a motorbike and I look so beautiful you know it's all staged yeah. I don't know it, it's another iteration of people worshipping wealth and money and Something. all that sort of stuff yeah brunch 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 is very popular brunch influencer <laughs> yeah yeah wait hold on tell me about Scientology why did you go in there um did I mean, you go to the scientology center yeah, in right la in okay. sunset yeah yeah you took the personality test or what oh yeah i took the <laughs> iq test and the personality Dude, and they test. tell you basically what what's wrong with you yeah they like... give you like some charts and shit and they give you like the, yeah, how it met mashes with your iq and um i mean it's really honestly yeah very harmless it's like so oh my not god what people they think. are are you serious I, I started getting mailers oh, yeah, no, to you my get, apartment, they, okay. the, and I have yeah. no idea how they got oh, no, my they, fucking name. It's a hard <laughs> sell. It's a hard sell. So yeah. they go in, and it's like, that's what makes Scientology creepy. It's, it has nothing to do with the ideology. It's just as silly as anything else. Right. But it's when you do it, they sell you so fucking hard. It's like a, it's like a salesman religion. Sure. Where once you get in... I mean, not that Christianity well, isn't to sell. I mean, religion, I think they do this in Mormonism. Too, yeah, it's a lot. right. They, they, totally. they need to keep the numbers. They up need to keep the numbers going. Exactly. Yeah, it's actually very similar to Mormonism. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, you go in there. It's like also the weird thing is like the aesthetic is totally off. It's like they developed their aesthetic in 1950 and they sure. haven't touched it since. So everything like, looks like it looks like a weird science fiction film. It looks set, like it, it, it looks like Buzz Lightyear shit. Okay, like yeah. everything's like bu- Buzz Lightyear text. Yeah. you know. And you're like, this is really silly. And they all wear these w- awkward uniforms. Um, but a ton of people live there. You know, it's right. like they live there all the time. And then so I did, uh, I got like five sessions of auditing, <laughs> which is super cheap. It's like a hundred bucks. It was like $125 for five sessions. You could sessions. have gotten real therapy for that. No, no but I'm saying <laughs> five, five sessions, oh, five for, sessions for 125 It's really good. Okay. Yeah, not each. And auditing is when you explain it. So you like. So the first stages of auditing when you first start are just Dianetics auditing. So it's not, you don't hold the stupid like cans. The, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's literally 
normal auditing, I would suggest it because it's just like therapy. It's the exact same thing as therapy. What they do is that you close your eyes and they say, think of the first moment of pain in your life. Okay. And so you think back to this moment of pain and you describe it and then they say, describe it again. And you describe it over and over again. And then you think, go to the next one, go to the next one. And as you do that, you really, it's very helpful. You start to see a real pattern of like the pain memories you have in your life and how do they, they mean emotional up. or physical? I think both, but yeah, either. Oh, okay. Um, but they really do. You start to see a real, real pattern of like how the pain in your life has always kind of manifested in a similar way. And mm. I actually thought that part was really cool. Then the part where it gets the part that like kind of scared me away was they start trying to push you up this like, hierarchy into the next thing and the next sure. thing and the next thing and then that's where it gets a little like pyramid scheme ask where you're just like all right well because show the it, fuck it out costs, like can i just do it costs this? more money it costs more money exactly. yeah it starts levels. really cheap and then it gets right. more and more expensive and i think for people who are looking for something to believe in it's really uh you can get sucked into it that being said i think the fundamental like nature of it can be really healthy mm-hmm. you know i think like the ideology behind it is good I just think the their tactics are very repellent, which is why it freaks people out. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. Are you able to practice law in California? Yeah. Hmm. Why? Well, I, I left that out, but you're a lawyer. Well, never. I've never really practiced law, but in I California. A, no, I mean I or have ever. a bar certificate in California. I passed the bar, but I mm. don't practice. Why? Why? Do you not plan to? I don't think so. <laughs> why because i just it's just not my path you know i mean i you don't like law not i don't like why did you okay i don't like being a lawyer why did you go to law school why did you do all that um so i went i lived in new york for two years after college and i worked at the district attorney's office in manhattan and so everyone around me was going to law school i wanted to be a politician so i thought (laughs) lawyers are politicians yeah and um and uh i thought lawyers are politicians and so like um you know uh i thought maybe i'll just do this i had no idea what i wanted to do it takes a lot of confidence to think you can be a politician right so were you raised to be confident i don't know oh boy I don't, this could take uh, a, yeah, I think I was raised hour. to be confident. I was raised. <laughs> I, I think I was raised with very, very little discipline, though. Unfortunately, oh. I think that hurt me. Oh, so is that where your um, the some of the things you say and do is that what is that your problem? It's are you trying to emulate somebody who has been disciplined? Oh, uh, well, that's advanced. Maybe I don't <laughs> really understand what that means. Well, because you seem to have this sort of like. I don't know how to describe it. There's just something off about you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. No, I like you, but what, what's you know, off? You're describe just a very it. interesting person. So describe it. What's so wrong? No, I just think you 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 want to say things to rile people up. Yeah. You know, you love getting a rise out of people. And I'm like that too. Like I love getting a rise out of people. One thing that stands out to me about you is I remember you made a comment on your podcast about you're like, I just can't tell if Heather is uh, joking sometimes. Yeah, well, you know? that's true. No, but it's funny to me because I'm almost 
almost 95% of the time I am not being serious. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm being like maybe half serious. I definitely have this. And that's intentional. Like I'm not always serious, you know? No, I know. And because I I do have this thing about me where I I kind of enjoy like seeing people like squirm or or get upset. But I do want to say, because I think the thing you were talking about is what I made some comment being like, I think I'm one of the most attractive women like in the world, but I am. I really believe that. (laughs) Like, I think I'm very good looking. Uh, No, but But I am joking at the same time when I say that. You know what I mean? No, because I am trying to be funny at the same time. Time. You know, comedy is very, my comedy is very uh, advanced, very high level stuff here. No, I think I'm starting to get that. I have more. a comedic persona. Yeah, I know, you know what you mean. I, I think I know what you mean. You do have a comedic persona. And I think it's like, it's just about figuring that out. And I think, <laughs> I think people who listen to those podcasts didn't understand that. I think I think they didn't yeah, no, understand I love that. that you are have a comedic persona, exactly like what you're saying, like yeah. you, you, that you're always kind of pushing. The envelope. Oh, for you know? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and no, but I kind of love that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we have. How long, much longer do I we guess, have? I don't know. No time. Let me see what else. Oh. Um. Yeah. Well. First of all. Well. Okay. Why but do so you tell if people? You, no. But here's my question for you. If you're so, if you are the same way as that, then why is it? Is there something wrong with me? for being the same way like what's so wrong no i think what it is i think that's what um it's like a magnet it's like two repelling magnets that's why we kind of rub each other the wrong way sometimes because we're both trying to go for the same thing Mm. have you ever heard that like if there's something like if there's something you don't like about somebody else it's usually something you don't like about yourself yeah totally you know yeah yeah i have i do that all the time i'm like i'm like wait a second who is this Who's this girl who's being extremely assertive and 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 powerful and getting yeah. booked on things I want to get booked on? <laughs> What's wrong Excuse with her? Excuse you. Yeah, <laughs> like, who are you? No, that's very, very It's true. something I don't like about myself. I try and stop that in myself, though. I Like, when I have that feeling about other people, I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. I try and be like, no, like, I'm going to respect them for, you know, doing things that I respect. You know, like, sure. I'm going to try and not hate them. Yeah. So why don't you uh why don't you tell the listeners what Vandal Press is uh, okay. and what the plans are here? Um, I'm not even going to get into what Vandal Press how it works. Yeah, but I, basically, yeah. it's a, a quick summary. It's a um publication. Uh, it's a publication. It's a publishing <laughs> publisher. It's a publisher uh, that we are publishing slowly but surely. We published something of Josh Denny's recently that did oh, really boy. well. Did you read that? Are you are you name dropping? Yeah, I am. Did you read Josh. that piece? Is it called "When Did Comedy Stop Being About yeah, Laughter" yes, or something? Yeah, That's I read exactly a little bit of it. It's actually pretty good. I, you know, that, I think it's it got really good. Reaction. Did you read that post comedy bullshit that was in? Uh... Well, you're not a comic. So no, I don't get you too deep in. into that shit. Oh. I, I think I do know what you're talking about. It was though. like some article about like, it doesn't we're, matter in, a, if it's we're in a time oh, period yeah, so of post comedy. Yeah. And to me, I am a purist of stand up. Yeah. I think that if you're funny, you're funny. Right. If what you're saying on stage is funny, that's fine. And you can do what you can make Nanette or whatever. Like I just like and because when you think about it, stand up. Basically what it is, it's it's you on a stage with a microphone. So there are infinite possibilities yeah. of what you can do with that. Okay. Right. And to me, it's not up to me to dictate what somebody does. I think comedy is completely subjective. Also, there are some comics who I think are horribly unfunny, but lots of people think they are funny and vice versa. 
you know, I think that's fine. But this whole idea of like post comedy, so <laughs> I'm like, that I doesn't know. even make sense to me. It's right. like, it's comedy or it's not, you can call it what you want. If you're an artist, you can call what you, what you do, whatever you want. It's just to trying me. to find a way to justify the fact that Nanette is not funny and it is being sponsored. Well, by I mean, the there's some funny parts in Nanette, but I, to me, I, I, tr- I thought I saw it more as like a one woman show. I had right. some problems with watching Nanette. Yeah. Um. Because it's just not my stuff. My favorite comic is Louis C.K. I'll say yeah. that. Like, yeah. <laughs> even though I think you know what he does is awful and he needs to be in serious therapy, um, which I've said a million times. But um, I don't know. Like, did you see Drew Michaels' special on no. HBO? Oh my god. Well, you're not a big comedy. I'm not guy. a big comedy guy. So so yeah, I didn't read Josh's. Piece. Anyway, read Sorry. Josh's piece. Vandal <laughs> Press is just it's trying to be like a voice for those who for, are ostracized for. from the media establishment for telling the truth too much. Sure. So check out Vandal Press for that do you reason. Have on any, medium. Do you have any pieces Vandalpress. by uh, women on there? We do. We have one. Just one. We're totally open to having... <laughs> you should write something for us. Oh, I should? You should. You're right. You really should. I should. It just has to be edgy. That's it. Oh, I'm edgy. I know. Trust me. So it's just got to be good. It can even be super SJW <laughs> lefty if you I'm want. I don't an, care. People think I'm an SJW and I'm not. No, I don't think you are. But I'm saying it can be super lefty. I don't give a fuck. I just want it to be a good angle. That's sure, all I care about. You know, just tell I, the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Fine. Okay. So, um, and then listen to not a huge fan. That's it. Yeah. Not a huge fan. Okay. And then I just wanted to read you your, uh, your deaths, your destiny card, okay, your birth card. This is fun. Um, so you are a, a seven of clubs. Hmm. What's that mean? That What's the number that seven sounds... mean anything to you? Not really. Seven it's of very clubs sounds very number. mediocre to me. Seven of Does clubs. It? Seven of clubs sounds like the most mediocre card. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, if, if that's if that's what you think, I want to uh, be. A, what would happen if I was the king of? Can I just let me just read to diamonds. you what this is? Uh, the seven of clubs is an analysis card. These people are brilliant, talented, and have a very keen perception. Oh, so they true. are quick witted and good organizers of things. They have a deep sense of exe- of executive ability that makes them a natural at being in charge. Don't mm, get too excited too fast. Well, this, <laughs> Their difficulty up? in life will be getting others to see what they see so clearly. They have their emphasis on their mental nature. These people make the best ministers. Ooh, nice. I should go for that. And comedians. Uh... (laughs) I take offense to that. (laughs) The Seven of Clubs also means spiritual knowledge. These people possess a natural ability to cause spiritual transformation in others after they have transformed themselves. They are not easy to be close to, Mm. have a difficult personality, and many of them can be outright cold-blooded. <laughs> There's a lot more, but um, like here, let me made. read a couple more things. Um, as a seven of clubs, your talents cannot be described in mere words. You are awesome when it comes to acting, fooling others. That's not really true. <laughs> Art, poetry, deceiving, or I'm initiating. Are you good at deceiving people? Not really. Okay. <laughs> That's not really true. I'm not like shifty like that. <laughs> you think fast on your feet and you also appear to be one of the luckiest people around. Mm. Your problem is believing you can get away with it when the bitter truth is you can't. 
Damn, that's probably true. Yeah, you are very self-supportive and you love independence. You love artistic expression and your natural talents can lead you to great success. Frustration and disappointments will emerge for you when you avoid personal responsibility and emotional emotional commitment. Hmm. Your thinking goes back and forth when it comes to your love life, almost never being sure of yourself or your partner. Spiritual disregard will lead you to a never-ending parade of legal and moral problems in Whoa. your life. Jesus. You love to see your plans completed, and you love sharing knowledge and information. You know... That's... that's. Are they all that flattering? They all must be very flattering. You thought that was flattering? Yeah. The last part that I read to you? Well, no. I mean, it got kind of bad there, but still, yeah. for the most part, it's pretty Are flattering. you in therapy? What's Ch- Charles's? What's yours? Charles isn't here. Charles isn't here. <laughs> Folks, for those Charles of you at not home, there is here. nobody producing this podcast, <laughs> and my good friend Charles Disney is not in this room. Um, okay, so uh, what's Vandal Press on social media? Because you're not on social go, media, right? Yeah, I'm not on social media. <laughs> go, on, uh, go on Vandal Press on Medium, and it's but you can find it at VandalPress.com, and then also uh, definitely download Not a Huge Fan podcast with me and Charles. Oh, yeah. I've been on it many times and yes. let me tell you folks is uh, heather is our most controversial guest i'm flattered by that that's true yeah okay and then guys um obviously uh subscribe to the podcast we're on stitcher and all that stuff itunes whatever um and then yeah if you have any problems with me email the podcast <laughs> at unrulypodcast at gmail.com i do get um emails from people i'll never respond to just like idiots and um Let's see. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FixedAirHeather. And all of my show dates are updated. But let's see. Oh, this Tuesday, I am roast battling in the main event at the Comedy Store versus Zach Stein at midnight. So watch that on Periscope. Okay, that's it. Okay, thanks for coming on. Thank you. (laughs) Great. Uh, (laughs) Bye. Stop.